Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny. Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. Just after 2 o'clock. Excited to be with you today. We got our buddy Ben Standing of The Athletic who covers the Commanders. Stopping by with some thoughts on what's next on the coaching staff at 5. And Nick Dowd of your Washington Capitals who play the Flyers in Philly tonight at 7. Joins us at 6 p.m. You'll hear that interview right here on Grant and Danny. What's up, Danny? What's say, bud? Salty today. Not a good day. Wife had a bad day. I'm having a bad day. But here's what happened. Just before I walk into this room, it occurs to me. It occurs to me. I'm walking into a room with a King George Hall of Famer. I'm walking into a room with the Grand Marshal of the King George Parade who's thrown Skittles to children and held a goat. And I'm walking into the room with like the two-time defending uh, heavyweight champion broadcaster of the year is going to a dinner where he's wearing a jacket and tie. And it's not different people. It's one guy. Step it up. You're going to walk into this dojo. You better put your black belt on and get into karate stance, man. I can't come in here dragging the baggage. That's outside. I'm in the arena. Let's make some eye contact and talk about Scott Turner. What, but why are you down today? Why are you frustrated? It's a, it's a long Otello, and nobody cares, honestly. No one wants to hear about it, okay. and I'm probably not at liberty to say. I don't want to like run anybody under the bus and like you know have have bad service. I will tell you, irritated, right in the red. That's okay. where uh, that's where I am. But again, that's that's not important. What's important is the accolade. Just keep rolling in for Grant Paulson. I got to step my game up. Right. I need I need someone to give me an accolade. <laughs> I need an accolade. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be like, what are you doing over there on that side of the room, loser? Grant's getting an accolade a week. What are you getting? Well, in, in fairness, I'm not getting an accolade a week. Seems like it. Five years ago, I got an accolade, <laughs> and now I'm getting another one. So that that's every five years. It was years. five years ago? I th- I'm not I kidding was. you. I thought it was last year. I'm not trying to, like, Joan. Uh, no, it was 2017, and now 2022. Can I ask you? Because, again, it's well-deserved. Yeah. What do you think you did wrong from 2018 to 2021? It's a, it's a tough market. Joe Beninati won one of those years. Oh, really? You ever heard of him? Yeah, he's great. John Walton won one of those years. He's great, too. Yeah, so it's it's kind of tough, Danny. All right, so I'm trying my best. So do you think John Walton's like, so tonight uh, I found out I lost to that son of a bitch, Paulson. Next year he's going down. The puck drops. Like, Do you think that's happening? I hope that's not what's happening. <laughs> I, I would imagine that's not the case. I think it's one of those things where when you win, it's really exciting and good. Uh-huh. When you lose, you don't hate everyone's guts that, that may have won. See what I'm saying? I see. You're able to compartmentalize yeah, those things? Yeah, I see. 
But when when you say you won an accolade, does it matter what the accolade is? No. You to did, be honest with you. You did get into the George Washington Hall of Fame last year. That is true. But, my, but we and, need another one. I could use one. Because we got postponed, the actual event. It's in February. My, I got the invitation the other day for the for the induction part of it. Right. Again, I don't belong with the rest, the rest of that group. But uh, it'll be cool. It'll be fun. But I need a little more attention. It's been a while. Well, I I, <laughs> I was ready to say, oh, thank you, dude. That's very nice of you. And then it ended with you just saying you wanted an accolade. Oh, you know I'm kidding. I am. I very much know you're kidding. But seriously, if someone has an accolade, <laughs> I would really enjoy an accolade. I'd really enjoy, hey, you won attention whore of the year. You know, like you want neediest uh, social media presence. I, I would don't know. like to remind you. Yeah. You are a Hall of Famer. You're a Hall of Famer. At the George Washington University. You're a Hall of Famer for a whole city, man. That's, I mean, it's not a city. It's like a, a group of people that live. If it makes you feel any better, I have yeah. a very weak voice today. It's very weak. I was trying to help you out a little bit. It, yeah. it, this cold will not relinquish from you. So we got a little lingering, developing yeah. situation. Yeah. But uh, me and Darius were over there, and I had to do like, I had to basically record two lines. And I couldn't get through them. <laughs> Coughed nine times. I looked at him. I said, we got a four and a half hour show coming up. I can't, I can't do two lines that I got to read here oh, no. without having to start and stop my voice cut now. So there's going to be some cough drops. There will be cough drops Listen, today. The evaluation for broadcaster of the year for next year has already started. This is the problem. You can't just shortchange the voters. You're only as good as your last show. <laughs> and hopefully this is not the one that they'll listen to to determine whether or not your boy is the guy for uh, 2023. But no, I am pumped. It's really, really cool. And again, I, I don't know who votes on that or how they do it, but I I appreciate it more than you know. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, Danny would like at some point an accolade as well. I just want an accolade. You'll get uh, one. The other thing I'm worried about, by the way, is I love this chair that I'm sitting in. It's very creaky all of a sudden, and it doesn't reflect very well on me and my weight. I feel like I'm doing been doing pretty well lately. But now every time I move, it sounds like yeah, you, you the know. oldest chair at your grandparents' house. You you can't blame your weight. Because you are now wearing large. You're not even wearing XL. No, I've been a large for a while. Well, then you can't claim to be a fat guy. Mm. Fat guys don't wear large. Fat guys wear something that starts with an X. Mm. Sometimes a couple of them or mm -hmm. lots of Multiple them. Multiple Xs. There are like people going to special stores that ask for four and five Xs. You don't want to be that person, but no. they're out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's sure, sure, sure. So you, you can't keep saying that your weight is the reason for the creaking chair. I would say the chair is the reason. The for chair is very chair. creaky. Here's your accolade. You look great today. Hey, you I'll good. take it. Accolade. There you go. Uh, Damar Hamlin is out of hospital care at this point. Amazing. He is home. He is recovering. Remember, he was in Cincinnati at the hospital for a week and change. Then they released him, and he went to a hospital in Buffalo, closer to home. He passed all his tests, did everything he had to do. He's now outpatient. He is back home, relaxing, and his recovery has reached an incredible milestone. I legitimately, I can say this now, Danny. Not only did I think he, you know, when he had stopped breathing, but did I think he died for a little while like everyone else did? After they took him to the hospital, I was sure that he would not make it. And I didn't know anything, but I just was worried like everyone else. And I yep. said, how could he possibly survive? He went, they were doing CPR for nine minutes. This is not going to end well. This guy is now interacting with teammates and making phone calls and tweeting and hopping around supposedly his hotel room as they're, Ripping off kick returns for touchdowns at the hospital. DeMar Hamlin is back out of care and home. He's Good for home. Him. I, I, I'm, it's, it's A, it's amazing. B, it's awesome. C, I, I'm with you. 
your mind immediately goes to the worst. And that's why I think everybody present and, and our energy as a country, we were feeding off of what we were seeing on television where nobody knew what to do. I mean, you know, you don't train for that, right? If you're an ESPN studio host, if you're Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, you're there to, you know, analyze up a 43 defense or, you know, call a run play or a screen or something like that. No one knew what to do. The players didn't know what to do. Coaches didn't know what to do. Nobody understood what was supposed to happen next because they were all sort of stuck on this idea that we had just witnessed something so beyond the pale. And he's fine. He's going home. It's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, just a great story, a wonderful final chapter here that he's back home. And you know he's going to be at a game, I would imagine, and at the entire stadium. There's no lid on that stadium, but if there was, it would be blown off. Uh, Speaking of the playoffs, the Bills are not the only team getting ready for a game. They are hosting the Miami Dolphins. We got 12 teams, six games, starting on Saturday at 430. Going to be great. But in that Dolphins-Bills game, We have clarity on the quarterback situation for Miami. Tua is not going to be cleared. He will not play in their playoff game in a year in which he suffered three concussions. His backup is Teddy Bridgewater. Last time he played, he was removed from the game after an injury to his hand. So Skylar Thompson, their third-string quarterback, Mm. who led them in Week 18, I can't really say won them the game because they scored 11 points with a safety at the end and, and got three field goals. It's Skylar Thompson leading this offense against the Buffalo Bills. That's a bummer. As of uh, today, um, Tua has not been cleared by doctors to resume football activities on the field with his teammates. So... Um, because of that and because of the time that it um, he's missed, I can rule him out for Sunday. It's Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, who is both a genius and one of the weirdest press conference answerers of all time. Just a high school sophomore nervous about his presentation <laughs> with somebody typing super loud in the foreground. That, that was not a strange Mike McDaniel moment either. That was just... Him giving an injury update. Just talk, Mike McDaniel talking. Stock footage. Uh, uh, it stinks, man. I, I would have loved to have... Listen, Buffalo's the better team. They're, they should be favored. They will be. I would have loved to have seen, though, right? After everything that Miami's kind of gone through this year, the ups and downs, the undulations. For a while, the only games they lost were the, the were Tua wasn't there type games. Defenses have adjusted right down the stretch, and all of a sudden that offense was, wasn't anywhere near as prolific as it was maybe middle of the season. I would love to have loved to have seen the McDaniel full strength Miami Dolphins team on the road matching against a Buffalo Bills team we know is excellent. That would have been far more entertaining. They matched up well this year. Yeah, Miami beat Buffalo at home twenty one to nineteen, and then just a few weeks ago when the teams played in Buffalo, that was the uh, game that was supposed to be terrible weather and snow, and it didn't really come until the end of the game. But the Bills won that game with a field goal at the horn, thirty two to twenty nine. But Miami in both contests either won or gave them all they could handle. And you're right. With two, it would be a pretty entertaining matchup. Instead, it'll probably end up being the most lopsided betting line of the weekend in the NFL. Because, as I said, it's not just no two. It's also no Teddy Bridgewater. This was McDaniel when he was asked about Teddy Bridge H2O. Teddy is still working his way back. Um, uh, the... His biggest thing is he knew, he knew that he had to be in a position where um, he had to be fully functional uh, on Sunday. 
that took some strain um, and really just uh, uh, some guts and and work ethic to you know that's a that's not an easy thing to do um, and as it stands right now he's working to prepare himself to be capable on Sunday um, but as, as a result of that he can't afford any setbacks or um, really anything that's conflicting against the healing process in the week I, I gotta jump in. As a result. I mean, it sounds like they just woke Mike McDaniel up, man. doesn't it? It just sounds like they're like, hey, man, you gotta wake up. We gotta go to the press conference. I know it's not a prerequisite for being a good head coach, and I covet his offensive design and system and proclivity to get the ball to his two best players all the time. Like, 90% of their plays go to go to Hill and Waddle, and I just want that for myself. But can you imagine months of that? That's worse than normal, I think. I Are you sure? He's normally got some energy. This is trying to be very careful, don't want to say the wrong thing, talking about injuries maybe, Mike McDaniel? I don't know, man. I just know that if he's going to – if they struggle, if they're losing games yeah. and he's going to be doing that at the podium, you're not going to get as much time losing games as most people. The assumption's yeah. going to be very negative about you when that's how your press conferences go. I mean, again, it's a trade I would make, right? I would take very – annoying press conferences where I'm like, oh my God, please hurry up and say words with some energy. Act like you're not asleep. I would trade that for like genius and being smarter than my opponent all the time and scheming up brilliant offense. I would love that, but man, that'd be a tough trade-off for a while. Here's another big NFL story for you that has been getting a lot of run last 24 hours. So you know that the Bears got the number one pick, not the Texans, which is pretty stunning. Chicago, by the way, has never had a number one overall pick in this draft era that we now have. They have not picked at the top of the board, crazy enough. The Texans had the pick in their hands they had it. all season long as a horrendous team, and then they end up winning with a two-point conversion at the end of Week 18 to ensure that they didn't get the first pick because Lovey Smith wanted to flip him the bird on his way out the door. He did it. And he was able to pull it off. Way to go, Lovey. He landed the plane. Good for you, Lovey. Ryan Poles is the GM of the Bears. Uh-huh. He now has the biggest decision of his young career. Justin Fields is as good a weapon offensively as there was in the league this year. He is an amazing football player. He is sensational as a rusher. He is a really average passer and probably on most days worse than I'd average. say below average at this point. Now, if you're betting on growth and you think he can improve, which I'm sure the Bears think is the case, then you could have a star. He could be Jalen Hurts. He could be a Lamar Jackson-type weapon who can make all the throws and also run for 100 yards in every given game. That's kind of, I would say, the ceiling. That's what you're hoping and looking for. But in the meantime, they have the number one pick. And I remember Danny Ruye on this show last Mm -hmm. week saying, when you pick in the top couple of picks and you're not sure about your quarterback, you have to take a quarterback. Well, they can't possibly be sure about Justin Fields So this is really, really difficult. Bryce Young looks like he could be a superstar, the top quarterback in this draft out of Alabama that they would take, presumably, first overall. A much safer bet to be great than Justin Fields. But you just saw Fields run all over the place all season, make strides. So Poles is trying to figure out, do we take Young? Do we trade the pick? Do we stick with Fields? Did we see enough from him? 
It's going to be one of the biggest stories of the offseason in the NFL. Yeah, we had good conversations. Um, I'm excited for the direction he's going. And as I mentioned before, he knows where he has to improve. I think you mentioned that the other day. Um, so we're excited about his development and where he goes next. He showed ability to be impactful with his legs. There's flashes with his arm. Now if we can put that together, I think we have something really good. Because you have the first pick, there are people that said, oh, the quarterback might be available there. You're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Ryan, specifically, do you want to see Justin Fields get better as, as, a, as a passer? Yeah, just um, as a passer, just for things to slow down um, mentally and then be able to react and anticipate quicker. Um, obviously, with that, we also have to continue to build around him so that he can do that. Uh, consistently as well. I mean, they could get a king's ransom yes. for that pick. You could surround Fields with receivers and with weapons based on that trade. You could also probably flip Fields for... A lesser package, but still a significant one. Something. I mean, you could get a one and a two for him, I would think. Maybe a... I definitely think you get a one and a three. I, I don't know if someone would give you two ones, but man, that is maybe possible. I wouldn't do that, but I'm sure someone out there would. Like, so you could get... An all-time package for the number one pick, maybe with Bryce Young coming out. You could get a really good package of compensation for Fields, and you take Bryce Young. What a decision. Yeah, uh, this is why you get paid. Th these are the hard ones, right? I mean, so if you look at Fields, you could say they don't make guys that can rush for 1,150 yards with almost 10 touchdowns at the quarterback position. If I believe in his ability to continue to improve as a thrower, then I've got an MVP candidate. Right? Like if he's league average as a passer, right? If you could, if he's the 17th best thrower of the football and I give him every means to do so, I've got an unstoppable weapon and I'm going to be awesome. My offense will kick ass. If I don't think he can get there, I make that trade. Right? I mean, and that is a difficult, difficult challenge. I would guess they trade the pick just because I think that's quote unquote safer, right? That's one of those things where if you. Hold on to Fields because he did all these different highlight reel things and some of those runs were so incredible. We like him. We like him in the system now that, that we've got. I can get all these different picks and it's going to take a few years for that to pan out so that you can't really judge me just yet. That's kind of the safer move. But man, oh man, what a call. Huge week ahead in the NFL. And for some teams, the offseason has already begun. That's the case here in Washington where Scott Turner was fired yesterday. A vacancy at the offensive coordinating position. Later in the show, we're going to discuss what we want to see from the next OC here in D.C. But let's do this. We'll open up the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines for the first time today. Next, here's what we want to discuss. Let's go offensive blame pie this year. How responsible was Scott Turner for the offensive underperformance? An underwhelming season again for that unit. What percentage of your blame pie goes on the coordinator Turner? And what are the other slivers of that pie? What other slices need to be handed out? Because you can't just tell me it was 100% him and now they're about to be the Rams from the early 2000s. With Danny, I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks to Earl for the update. How about that development for the Ravens? Eight and a half point underdogs going to Cincinnati for a Night kickoff on Sunday, 8-16 East time. Lamar Jackson has not practiced in well over a month. The expectation has been he'd be back for the playoffs and that he would start practicing midweek. He was not on the field today. 38 days since he last took part in any workout for the team on the grass. Tyler Huntley on the field going through first team reps again today. The Ravens 2-3 and three down the stretch without Lamar Jackson averaging 12.5 points per game in December and January. That, by the way, includes Jackson's last start when things offensively didn't go great either, and he got hurt during that game. Their defense is playing at a level. They're playing well. Where if Jackson came back and looked like Lamar Jackson, they could make a deep run. That could be a Super Bowl-caliber team. Yeah, since Roquan Smith came over, they're really good at stopping the run. They play stout defense, and, and they get after people. That's a shame, man. I mean, listen, when he plays... They win over 70% of their games over the last over his the entirety of his career with Baltimore. They are just a different team with that guy. They're built around him. Lesser versions of him. You just can't do the same stuff. That goes without saying. A guy that's a, a former MVP, but they are sort of left waiting again. This happened last year as well. That sort of their, their season ended prematurely uh, in, in similar fashion. They'll be in the postseason this time, but it's a shame. It's and they're also at this crossroads, by the way, where he's going to command this enormous potential salary. They may or may not want to pay it. Maybe it's a franchise tag type thing, which means he ultimately walks. This is a strange time if you're a fan of the Ravens are on. Well, I also think there's just a, been a feeling all along for Ravens fans that he would come back and just put his cape on. Yep. And like, oh, there's Lamar Jackson. It's just his tread music. water until he gets here, yeah. Here's the problem is he's missed so much time. There is inevitable rust that needs to be knocked off. The... the Elevation from regular season to postseason is a big deal in football anyway. But even coming back for a regular season game after four or five weeks as a quarterback, 
is a difficult thing to do. And now you're talking about if he plays on Sunday, doing it with almost no practice after a five-week hiatus, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson. I mean, he can't be. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network is calling it a long shot that Mm. he even plays, which is a whole different conversation than him just not being on the practice field as we talk on Wednesday. But according to the report on NFL Network, he still has pain. His knee's not recovering the way they thought it was going to be. And essentially, that if he plays, the Ravens are going to be surprised at this point. They're preparing for Tyler Huntley to start. Great news for the Bengals as they host that game. Eight-and-a-half-point line could move if and when we find out Jackson is not going to play. Speaking of moving, the commanders have moved on from Scott Turner. Let's talk about the offensive coordinating vacancy here in D.C. Yesterday, the news broke while we were on the air. We had time to react to it. If you want to hear how we broke down the dismissal of Scott Turner, please feel free tonight to grab the podcast, thefandc.com, grantanddanny.com slash audio from the back half of our show yesterday. News came down in the 4 o'clock hour. I actually wanted, though, to divvy up a blame pile of this offensive failure with you. Because I do think that when you drill down, that's the most important and interesting question to answer. Yeah. Is how much of this is Scott Turner's fault, and he is not blameless, but how much of this is bad quarterback play and the personnel department handing him quarterbacks that were largely inept? How much of this is the failures to rebuild the offensive line this offseason? Again, of the personnel department, where the interior, guard and center, center based on injuries in fairness, but the guard position where they went Norwell and Turner, a couple former Panthers, both are not nearly as good as they were when they last played for Rivera in Carolina. That's not something Scott Turner can necessarily help. And I know there's a lot of talk about, well, you didn't help enough against Bosa or you didn't chip enough against Thibodeau. I mean, you've you've got a left tackle in Leno who had played very well for the most part over the last couple years, who you're paying $12 million to. There's more to it than just to say Scott Turner was really bad at his job. And this is the drum I've been beating. I don't think people are going to like my answer very much. If Scott Turner was the perfect offensive mind, if you took Andy Reid and Bill Walsh and, and Mike Martz and you know anybody else that was great as an innovator on offense and you gave him this group, I think they'd have been better, but I don't think they'd have been good. The top 10 offenses are in the postseason. The one out of the top 10 that didn't make it is Detroit, and they finished 9-8. and eight. They probably should have gone. That's the leak. Anybody who says anything different is wrong. Tell me about your cool corollary and your stat. The best offenses are in the postseason. The very best offenses playing at the best go to the conference championship game, and then it's anyone's ballgame. That's the statistical trend over the years since they've modernized this game, since they've basically said, we want offense, we want quarterbacks to be healthy. You can get mad about it. You can yell at me about running the ball and stopping the run. That's awesome. It's not correct anymore. It's about offense, however you get there, okay? This offense wasn't very good. We all know that three straight years. To me, Turner deserves about 10% of the blame. He's not blameless, as you said. I would have moved on from him as well, but this would have been an addition to the entire front office because they're the ones that put this group on the field and then acted surprised when this happened. There are a whole bunch of us shooting up a flare gun last year when they traded for Carson Wentz incorrectly, wrongly. That was a terrible move then. I said so. People with a brain said so as well. It was not a good move to replace Brandon Sheriff. Fine to let him walk, by the way. It's too expensive for a guard. It was the mistake was maybe not signing him long term before that, but I digress. With a bunch of Commanders 
That was a mistake. That was wrong. That was a bad decision. Those things are what hampered you and put you into this terrible tier of unacceptable offense. Anybody who thought it would go differently was naive or just hoping, and that's not a strategy. That's the reason their offense stunk. Bad quarterback play, a mishandling of the offensive line. Those things are not Scott Turner things. He may have had input in who they selected, so maybe you want to put more on the selection process. That's fine. I think you could have schemed up the greatest things ever to be schemed up. You'd still be hampered by how poorly those decisions went. I think nothing else mattered. These two running backs, everyone wants to scream about running the ball. They both average under four yards a pop. It's not as if they're just ripping off 15-yard runs and it's, there's dumb Scott Turner abandoning it. They ran too much. They ran too much and too often for my liking. If you like runs, you hate points. They need to score more points. They've needed it for, since Jay Gruden left. And since they really let a couple guys walk uh, when Jay Gruden was in charge. The offense is what matters. Their offense stinks. The personnel is the thing. I think that's secondary. So Scott Turner deserves some blame. I give him 10%. Yeah, and if you go back, because I always love when people talk about the abandonment of the run. And you really do look at some of the specific examples people had issues with. You hear so many people referencing the Giants game at home as an abandonment of the run in the second half. When in the second half of that game, they moved the ball with ease. They had, I think, like four drives and three of them were over 70 yards. They threw it more than they ran it, but they moved the ball constantly in that game. But there's no reason to really debate one half of football. I'll say this real quick just to supplement that. I apologize for cutting you off. Three teams had more rush attempts than them. All three have quarterbacks that feature double-digit carries on average per game. Of teams that that handed off to running backs, nobody ran it more than they did. Nobody. I mean, but that's not even, like, I'm glad you looked it up. It's irrefutable and not worth looking up. No one runs it as much as this team. Mm -hmm. They don't. And they'll tell you maybe that they're masking their quarterback deficiency, I guess. But here's the problem with that. They chose the quarterbacks. And on top of that, when asked yesterday, is this about the QBs or is this about your philosophy, Rivera said it was actually the philosophy, not at all about the QBs. And in fact, Mayhew said that they liked the fact that they were 2-1 to one running the ball against the Cowboys, which every team, every coach, every GM would love to be 2-1 to one running the ball in a 20-point win, obviously. But for Mayhew to say that that's where they want to be in 2023 is just kind of silly. I mean, it's foolish. But here's my blame pie. I've got the numbers written down for you right here. 70% of the offensive failures this year, and I would even say over all three years of Scott Turner, are on quarterback personnel. 70%. There is not enough acknowledgement of how important it is if you're an offense, if you're a play caller, if you're a head coach, if you're trying to score points, you're trying to move the football. If you're trying to stay on the field, if you're trying to convert a third down, do you have a quality quarterback playing at a level that is satisfactory or you don't? If you don't, you are fighting against a heavyweight champion with your arms tied behind your back, and it's only a matter of time before you tire out and they catch up to you and they knock you to the ring. So 70% of it is quarterback personnel. Wentz, not good enough. Heineke, not good enough. You could go through all of the quarterbacks that they have had and run through in this town since Turner got here. I would say 20% of it, frankly, is their offensive philosophy. Mm. Because one of my big issues with Scott Turner is that he doesn't involve his best players enough. Some of that is that, philosophically speaking, if you're running it as much as they are, 
You're not going to be able to throw the ball to McLaurin as much as I want, and certainly not to Dotson and, and to Samuel too. So offensive philosophy is part of the issue here. That part's not going away. That 20% is staying put, right? And ideally for Ron and ideally for the front office, they're going to hire someone who better executes their vision so there's a little less butting of heads maybe. But it just means that they're going to jump all the way in to what they want to be and do. And that's fine when it's going well. 5%, I'll say, is on the O-line. The, the mishandling of the interior, as Jay Gruden said, struggling to, to be able to just have a drop-back passing game, you know, five, seven steps, and throw the football down the field. And then I'll put 5% on Scott Turner, who is the easy punching bag. He is the easy face of your anguish for this offense. Now, this is not to say, okay, I'm putting very little blame pie on him. He's got a small sliver to eat. It's not to say he did a great job or a good job, or that he should have kept his job. That's not what I'm advocating for, necessarily. I think when nine players come out without their name in the newspaper to say they want a new offensive coordinator, essentially, and they didn't say it that way, but they knew what the paper was writing, they knew what the story was about, it's over at that point. You see what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it, there's, there, This is not a conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. But the things I get maddest about are his lack of balance. And everyone's like, what do you mean balance? They ran the ball a great amount. No, 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 no balance, my guy Mike Leach, is getting the ball to your best players the same amount of times. Balance is involving Dotson and Samuel and McLaurin and Robinson and Gibson and forcing your best players the football. That's balance to me. Balance out touches between those players. They don't do that well enough. And some of that is philosophy not allowing him to, to be completely honest with you. But I also think it's something he's going to have to work on in addition to some of the gripes you heard from Logan Paulson yesterday, including that he's not setting up his next shot when he plays pool. He calls a play to call a play, but really good OCs, the guys that are master-level coordinators, the guys that have have taken the 500-level courses like Kyle Shanahan, those guys are calling plays to, just to get information so that they can call their next one and it'll work better. And Turner, I don't know, is that kind of guy as a play caller just yet. But let's hear what you guys think next. What? Percentage of the blame for this offense underachieving do you put on Turner? And what does your blame pie look like? We're Grant and Danny on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is the fan. Beltway Blitz at four. At that time, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see the Impractical Jokers. They're coming to Capital One Arena February 19th. We've got two tickets for you. you got to be listening in an hour and ten minutes. Remember, Ben standing at five o'clock this evening on possible offensive coordinator candidates for the Commanders. And it's six o'clock today on Grant and Danny. You'll hear from Caps center Nick Dowd. They're set to play their second game with Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson back in the fold. The Caps 16-4-3, rolling over their last 23, coming off of a 1-0 shutout win with Backy and Willie returning. Right now, your blame for this offensive ineptitude and how much of it goes on Scott Turner. I put one piece of the pie on Turner at about 5%, but I think quarterback personnel the biggest reason why they failed on offense. Offensive philosophy, which is to say that I think he couldn't run it enough for these guys, and it lowers your ceiling as an offense. Now, it's also what they had to do with this group, but that goes back to That's a design thing flaw. Here. Yeah. O-line problems in building this offseason. And, and I'll wear this one. I'll put my hand up, Danny. I did not think they'd be nearly as bad as an offensive line as a lot of people did. In fact, if you remember, we would get calls pretty regularly from people saying they were super worried about Washington's offensive line. And I remember saying, what am I missing? Like, why are you guys so concerned here? Guards don't matter that much. And, you know, center, they get Rulier back. And they've got Leno at tackle. And they drafted Cosme. Well, A, Cosme's hurt all the time. B, he's going to end up as a guard. They're going to kick him inside, I think. But on top of that, you... Failed miserably with the two guards that you brought in here in Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell. Both of those guys dramatically underachieved. And because of that, the O-line ended up being a real big problem. Yeah, Cousin Chase Rulia getting hurt, I think, was a major deal. Game Again, changer. second straight year. And I think guard matters more now than maybe when you and I were coming up simply because of how good some of these defensive tackles are. See guys like Deron Payne, John Allen, Fletcher Cox in the division, yep. et cetera. Some of the best defensive players in the league and, and rushers, too. Yeah. Like actual... You know, pocket-collapsing sack artists. Different he, world, man. Chris Jones and Deron Payne and John Allen and you know, guys like that. J.J. Watt, they're they're on the interior. Let's go to Chris in Hyattsville. What's up, Chris? Chris. Yeah, you definitely need to update your guard file. Guard. Guard. I, know what, I know what Jay said, but that's a little bit outdated nowadays considering the inside push that a lot of these defensive tackles are getting. I think it's um, somewhat changing for sure, but – replacement level guard place still works. They didn't get that. The yeah. problem was they were bad at guard. If they had average guard play, I think they'd have been fine. But yeah, there's something to the fact that there's better D tackles than there ever has been guard. Well, also the, the Delta from an all pro guard to just a guy on the scrap heap guard is huge. And uh, I also, I want to say it should not be lost on any of the P ones that Grant loves doing blame pies, but refuses to eat actual pie. 
So it's one of the great. Um, what I don't, is that an irony? What is that word? It's a uh, irony is a word. Yes, but is that the right word for that? I think you're I looking know. for irony. It, mm. It's ironical. Yeah. Um, so, as far as the blame pie goes, I think I kind of in the same uh, space with Danny. Although I get a little bit more blame to Scott Turner, I go sixty percent Ron and Marty squared because they uh, totally devalued or do not put emphasis on the offensive line. They drafted uh, yet another defensive player in, in the high rounds of the draft, who, uh, not because of his fault, but did not contribute this year at all, and the defense was still relatively uh, better than last year, when they could have drafted an offensive lineman in the second round to fill that void, or at least help have better support there. Um, other offseason moves they made did not compensate for that. Uh, so I think... And also, in addition, we all know we're not going to redress everything about the quarterback. It's been said ad nauseum. I would say I go 60% uh, Marty's and Ron, 30% Turner because of a couple of really concerning statistics, in my opinion. Um, fourth down percentage. We're up against the clock, but Thank we got to let you go. We got the heart out at the top of the hour to get to our Richmond audience. And they had some issues, on, not only on fourth down. How about third down, red zone, first down, <laughs> second down? No good metrics. All the downs. Uh, but – here's something he was hitting on that I'll, I'll just succinctly kind of put a bow on. If you wanted to run it so much, why'd you trade a two or three and 28 million for Wentz? Thank you. And why did you draft a wide receiver at 16 Yeah. and not do anything other than sign a couple of guys who were on their last legs as, as of their career at guard. You can't have it both ways. If you're going to be a run first team, then act like it in the off season. Or if you're going to open things up and try to sling it around a little bit, then do what they did. But they acted like they wanted to throw the ball, and then when the season started, they go, no, we're running the football. It didn't make sense. How much blame do you put on Turner is the question at 800-636-1067. We will get some more thoughts on that and take our first look at all six playoff games this weekend in the NFL next on Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.